Hey everybody, welcome to Learn and Burn, the new leadership podcast from Renegade Ministry. Learn and Burn is going to be a place where we share what we've learned and where we've crashed and burned. Here's the thing. All of us who are working to transform the world have times where we do things well and times where we don't. And our hope with this podcast is that we can all learn from each other so that we can make the world a better place in whatever area we're doing that. Today, we're going to share what we've learned and where we crashed and burned over the last month. In future months, we'll have a theme for each podcast. For example, how to communicate better, how to set culture in your organization, how do you develop core values, how do you deal with staff, and things like that. I'm Scott of Renegade Ministry, and today I've got two awesome guys with me, Kyle and Steve. You've probably read about them in the book Renegade Ministry. Kyle Thompson's doing absolutely incredible things out at South Park Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. A few years ago, South Park realized they weren't reaching their community anymore, and so they did this really cool thing. They were total renegades. They decided to tear down the entire church and start over. So right now they're meeting in a movie theater, but next year they're going to move into their new campus and it's going to have a church, it's going to have a performing arts center, condos, restaurants, all kinds of stuff to help them reach out to their community in new and awesome ways. Steve Autry is the senior pastor of Denver United Methodist Church in Denver, North Carolina. And the really cool thing about Steve is that even in a very traditional setting, Steve is helping Denver United Methodist Church be renegades in their own way and try new things and reach out in different ways. And it's absolutely incredible. Hey, hey, guys. Glad to be here. Uh, me too. Kyle, why don't you start us off today by sharing your story about in the last month where you've learned and where you've crashed and burned. We recently made a new hire on our staff to replace someone who had been well-loved and had just retired. And we were fortunate enough to be able to hire a superstar. And I wanted to make sure that her first experiences are good, that she had found the right place to serve. She had a meeting with her team pretty soon after she was hired. And I was disappointed to get a text from her that night after the meeting saying it just did not go as well as planned. So I gave her a call, found out just she was disappointed in some of the discussion uh, there were some things brought up from the past that had nothing to do with her, and so she was just frustrated. And so I wanted her to have a great first experience, and that did not happen. So immediately, uh, I have a bias towards action. I put on my Superman cape. And unfortunately, that is not a metaphor. Well, he's right, so I can't dispute that. But anyway, put on my Superman cape and went and scheduled some one-on-one meetings with some of the leaders that were there. These are people I care about, have a good relationship with, talk with them, uh, and these were good discussions. And basically what had happened, it was just some misunderstandings. And I think it was pretty easy to clear up. And so uh, I tried to do that as best I could. I think everybody was feeling good about that, ready to move forward. So I went back to the staff member to say, hey, got some good news for you. This is what's happened. You know, I took care of this. Uh, and she stopped and said, you know, well, thank you, Kyle, for doing that. But when I came to you, I was just venting. I wasn't asking you to go do anything. I didn't want to add anything to your plate. And in fact, I was planning on handling it myself at the next meeting. And so I'm kind of surprised that you had those meetings. Was she upset that you had done that? I don't think she was upset. I think she was surprised. Um, I tried to do something you know, positive to help her out. But you know, I think what had happened was I actually undermined her authority and 
that's a hard thing for her as a new hire to, to say to your boss. So she didn't say it in those words. She was very kind, but clearly I had overstepped my bounds. It almost sounds like you were overfunctioning a little bit. Oh, absolutely. And what's your takeaway from that? Well, I think the next time, the next time probably a good thing to ask her, well, you know, sorry that it didn't go as, as you plan, had planned it to go. Um, you know, what do you need from me? How can I help you in this situation? Is this something I, I can help you with or is just something you want to you know toss ideas back and forth with me about? Uh, and just give her that opportunity to weigh in before I go try to do some action on her behalf. But that's actually something I learned from Scott because in some of our conversations we've had over the years, there have been times when he's asked me, so help me understand, what do you need from me right now? Do you need me to give you some advice? Do you need me to listen? What do you need? And, and what I felt in those times is it gave me the ability to, to set what's next, to say, no, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I can handle it. Or here, here's a way to, to move forward. So, and, and in that situation, I think if it could have given her the chance to uh, set very clearly her expectations of you. And it's hard as leaders. I mean, I think we want to do things. We want to lead. We want to lead by example and action. And so uh, I just tapped into that when it, when I should have maybe put the brakes on and listened to her better. Right. It's one of the challenges of leadership, isn't it? We want to have a bias towards action because it's how we get things done. It's one of our one of the qualities of being a leader is somebody who gets things done. And yet sometimes we jump in with both feet, not having thought through all of the consequences at first. Yeah, especially when you are, when you're getting, when it's just you, when you're a one-man shop or a one-person shop, yeah, that, that get, can get you a long ways. But when you've got other people to bring along, it that really does matter how we interact with them. And, and we have to really think strategically through those relationships and those interactions. Well, thank you for that, Kyle. That is a perfect segue into what my story is. I'm a part of a group where I am responsible for doing some of the strategic visioning. And recently I was at a meeting with this group where I was going to be presenting some things that I thought might be happening to us in the future, a direction we might be going. And so we had the meeting and we discussed all kinds of other business first and it came to my time to share. And I shared with the group a, a, a way I thought that we might be going in the future where I thought something I thought we needed to do. And I could tell by the blank stares on everyone's faces and the absolute dead silence in the room that I had caught all of them off guard, which really surprised me because I was thought that this was something we had discussed many times. I thought this was something that would not be surprising at all. And what I realized is that I had totally surprised everyone in the room. And the consequences of that were is that it kind of just shut down the entire meeting. People didn't know how to react. People didn't know what questions to ask. It's almost as if I had taken their breath away. And it had taken a meeting that had been a, a pretty happy and positive meeting and suddenly put like kind of this gray cloud over it. And so they were shocked by what I had shared with them. And I was shocked that they were shocked. And we didn't quite know where to go from that. And so I realized yet again that I need to do a better job of communicating with people. I thought it was very obvious, or it would be very obvious to them, that this was a natural direction that we needed to go. And I realized that while I had this in my mind, because I had been thinking about it for a long period of time, this was not something that was on the top of their radar, and they weren't ready for it at all. And so I took something that, was, that, that could have been a good thing, and instead it became not a great thing. 
Well, you're definitely not the first person to have done that, I'm sure. Looking back, what would you do differently if you were to start that meeting over this time? I think what I would have done, Kyle, is I would have sent everyone an email out first saying, hey, everybody, here's where I'm seeing this is going. Here's some thoughts that I am thinking. And maybe start a kind of a group email where everybody could have shared some thoughts beforehand. Or even if people didn't want to share thoughts at a bare minimum, they could have been thinking about these ideas themselves. So that when I presented them at the meeting, it wouldn't have been the first time that they heard it. Now, I didn't think this was the first time they had heard it. I thought we had talked about this many times. But I was kind of reminded through this that they say the average person, it takes them seven times hearing something before they seem to get it. Well, I had heard this in my own mind 20 times. So I had already moved on. This made perfect sense to me. But for a lot of them, it was almost as if they were hearing it for the first time. One, as leaders, we say the same messaging so many times and we just get sick of it. And, and I think sometimes we forget that as soon as we're starting to get sick of it, our people are hearing it for the first time. I think that's right. And one of the pitfalls of that is the more important the message, the more you live with it. You you wake up with it, you go to bed with it, you sleep with it, dream with it, and it's it, it obsesses you. So it overwhelms your life. And to the point where you just almost assume everybody else is as obsessed with this as you are. And, and no doubt you probably did talk about that several times, but for, for whatever reason, they just weren't, it wasn't sinking in. I think it's also a challenge when we're working with volunteers, because it's easy for us to assume or hope that volunteers are going to be as into it as we are, when often we're the paid staff member. And so, of course, we're into it because we have a love for it and it's our job. And when we're working with volunteers, they're not going to be paying attention to stuff as closely as we are. Right. It's everything we live for, and it's often just a minor part of their life. Exactly. Well, and as leaders, we're required to be several steps ahead. And sometimes I think I forget that not everyone's as far along with the idea that I am. Well, what I hear in both Scott and your story and Kyle and your story is something I struggle with um, a lot of times is just basic communication. And because I, I know it in my head so well. Uh, ideas, concepts, vision. And I think um, most folks in leadership positions who are, are leading out front in a renegade way, you live with it. It's part of what makes you good at what you do. And you know it so well that it's easy at times to forget that other people don't. I've often heard this expressed as making the personal universal because I feel it, because it's deep in my soul. I think everybody else experiences it the same way. And part of my story for this month is a story of a failure of communication. And it goes, goes something like this. <laughs> we had a music director and I got uh, on different pages with each other through some things that I did. So I'm a pastor of a church. And back in the summer, we had made a decision to move our first service to 8 a.m. from 8.15 and part of why we did this was to give our music director the opportunity to have a little time between the first service and the second service. Uh, so it all made sense. It should have worked. But you ever thought something that should have worked and, and then you were surprised when it just didn't? Well, it didn't. 
that 15 minutes, while I didn't think it was that big a deal, became a big deal for a lot of people. It disrupted flow. It disrupted childcare. It disrupted Sunday school. It disrupted other staff members. And so it, it became clear to me after about eight weeks of doing this that we absolutely had to go back to 815. And so what do I do then? And this was me thinking all in my own head. How can I help my music director manage to get downstairs to where our other service is at 930? And so my way of fixing that was to find another music person who could come in, take some of the load off, and finish out the first service so the music director could transition to the next service. And so I did all of that. I, I found someone. I made all those decisions and I went to my music director and said, hey, this is what we're doing. I'm taking the service time back. Here's how you will function now. And instead of the, oh, you're the greatest thing ever. What a great decision. I got, well, I got her disappointment and her hurt because what she heard was, or what she felt, I believe, was I was more or less telling her, you're not doing your job well enough, so I have to bring in somebody to help you. That's absolutely not what I intended to do, but that's what happened. It, it really caused some problems. Now, we worked through it. We talked through it and all those things, but eventually she did end up moving on, and I'm sure that some of that had to do with what I did because I made a mistake. Wow, Steve. Thank you for sharing that story. Because it sure makes me feel a lot better about myself. <laughs> yeah, at least you didn't lose somebody <laughs> my completely. Staff never went. No. So that's a burn, big burn. How would you approach that differently? What, what did you learn? I learned I've got to be a lot more collaborative. My personality at times can be, oh, solve the problem, fix the problem, move on, right? I don't have a Superman cape hanging in my closet like you, thankfully, but... I do have that mentality that I want to take action and initiative, and and I often have the mentality that I know better than everybody else, so I'm going to do it. And then I expect everybody to thank me when I do it. And I cut her out of the process. I cut other people out of the process. Now, ultimately, I think we got to the right place, but I got there in the completely wrong way. That's one of the challenges of leadership, isn't it? We're leaders, especially renegade leaders, because we see an issue or we see a problem. We hopefully relatively quickly see a solution to that problem. And very often on our own, we go ahead and implement that solution while often other people are kind of left behind or, or left in the dust. And so while it seems totally clear to us, other people feel like we're acting like a lone ranger mm-hmm. or we're just going off. Right. on our own without any input from others. Right. And that it looks like we have no interest whatsoever in taking others along. And that can be frustrating as a leader, as a renegade. Yeah. We're thinking three, four, five steps ahead, which is part of what we're supposed to do. But we can become very impatient because we're there. We want others to be there immediately. And so sometimes we just have to stop and realize that we have to take care of the people that, that we're leading as well to come along with us. Sort of the theme through all three of our stories today, I think, has been communication. How do we communicate where we're going? How do we communicate what we're doing? And how do we make sure we bring people, other people along with us as we're doing it? 
we are leaders, but we're not lone rangers. We've got to make sure that other people are with us. And it's vitally important. We all three seem to have wanted to help others, and in the process, we hurt them. And so it's something we really need to pay attention to. So as we come to the end of our time on this podcast today, here's what I've heard. Kyle, you were really sharing that not everyone needs rescuing. And Steve, you were saying, be careful about getting to the right place in the wrong way. And I think what my story was about is you've got to make sure you do the work before the work. And if you don't do all these things, no matter how good your intentions might be, no matter how much you might be trying to help, it's very often that you're going to have a crash and burn in it and have to go back and fix it later. Do you guys agree? Absolutely. And part of the issue is you'll end up spending so much energy later on if you make these same mistakes. I totally agree. And I'm going to write this down so that I will learn this lesson finally. We'll probably be revisiting all of these lessons again, won't we? Absolutely. Uh, No doubt. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us today on the Learn and Burn podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your suggestions, your comments. Head on over to renegadeministry.org and leave them there or head to our Facebook page at Renegade Ministry. And if you're interested in learning more about some of the concepts we've talked about today, you'll love the book Renegade Ministry. It's available now on Amazon.com in both print and Kindle formats. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next month. And now go out and live like a renegade.